Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Propane Business Podcast. Today, Yusuf looks very different. No, I'm joking. Today, we are joined by uh, a new member of the team, or it's not that new, but new podcast-wise, new, um, called Alex. Hello. If you, yeah, you have to say something so that it switches from on the video so that you show up on the video. But yeah, for people listening, that wouldn't have made any sense. But yeah, Alex is a, a relatively new member of the team here at Propane. And I mean, I, I don't even technically know how long, because it's been like on and off for two years or something. Yeah, right? two years, maybe three years. Who knows? This year is not even really a year. I don't know what this period yeah, of time of 20 years. So it could be nine yeah. years at this point. But, but we we like we met in Cafe Nero in yes. Newcastle. Yeah. As all good business relationships start. So, yeah. um, and at the time, you were about to go to the US. Yes. Which is where you are now. Yes, it is. To work it, to go to this like uni that no one's ever heard of to do this. Yeah. This so is just a degree, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. Um, and then you came back and now full-time team, member team at Robin Fitness. Yes. And this is your first that everyone be like, wow, wow. Alex has been rolled out to the front of the, <laughs> the front. He's on the podcast. He's on YouTube. Exciting. Um, but yeah, so I guess like it, by way of introduction, I'm going to let you talk about the, some of the specific stuff you've done. Cause I know you've had direct experience in the fitness industry. Yes. You were a PT in Newcastle, right? Yes. In yeah. The, at DW. At DW Fitness, a beautiful, yeah. friendly organization. Run. <laughs> 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 by a really so went, kind man right i mean I, i'm not sure that they still exist something's happened with dw yeah I, well i don't think it's gone well for them during the pandemic but yeah you know yeah that's all good but <laughs> so yeah it's, it's a tough i mean it's a tough time for commercial gyms in general isn't it I, well i think it's just it's really difficult because they have no way of reaching people at home and people have been at home and that is that's essentially the big problem with it. And I think all of the appeal of what they bring, you know, especially if you're a big gym, it's hard to be personable, you know, a lot, especially like having worked at one, a lot of it's about, you know, the members in general, as opposed to, it's, it's about trying to be, appear that you like the members and trying to appear that you know the members needs, but not actually like in no way is it the same as being a person who actually, you know, runs a business and talks to clients all the time because they have 30, 40,000 people and they, they just can't do that. Yeah. And you know, they've been yeah. 40, like, the, the model where like, if every member used the gym, it wouldn't work. Yes. It's this weird, like they rely on people signing up for a year and then actually never come. Yeah. And if they did, it, they couldn't operate. But yeah, but yeah. So you went, you went from, um, offline fitness 
in and took a total tangent, went to the US. And I'm yeah. gonna let I'll let you talk about that for a, like after we I do this intro. Um and then still in the US, but now back working with us. So in the fitness industry, and you coach basically fitness and business clients, yes. but primarily community manager is your role. And a lot of the stuff, if you've been like following YouTube, a lot of the improved creator, a lot of the like Instagram improved creator that you see sharing, that's all like Alex's creative flair and things like that. Um, but more stuff to come. Sprinkled in there. Creative yeah. flair. Yeah. So in terms of kind of backtracking to how I ended up, one in Newcastle being a PT and then being in America and then working for propane. Um, so before I moved to Newcastle, I did an undergrad degree in creative writing in Northwest London at Bruno University. Um, I played basketball there as well. And sort of, I'd learned to be a PT beforehand. I'd taken like my level three and all of that. Um, so I'd done that before I went to university, went to university, went through that, like played basketball, enjoyed that, got out of the end of it being like, okay, I want to, you know, do this writing thing. I want to tell stories and stuff, but it's not necessarily the most money friendly thing when you're 21 years old. Like I think most writers publish their first book when they're 30. So obviously there is a, there's a nine year gap that you can't just, <laughs> can't magically make that go away. Like that's, that's, it's writing, especially when it comes to like fiction and books like that. It, it's a craft that you really have to work, you know, the whole 10,000 hours thing, you know, it's, it really is that like there, there is no way, there's no like life hack for that in terms of creating a piece of art that is so meticulously constructed that it lasts beyond like a year or beyond you know, just the, the first, you know, it's very different to a blog post, a, a book, a piece of art or whatever. So there's basically a certain time that I'm going to have to put into that. So then I was like, okay, what am I doing now? Well, I enjoy the fitness side of things. Um, I enjoy my training. I've got the qualification. Let me try and do something in that. So I moved up to Newcastle because it was a fun city. We played some basketball up there. Um, got a great basketball team up there as well. But it's also just a fun place to be as like a 21-year-old. So moved up there, um, worked at DW, like just got the job there, kind of looked around, worked there, had, had a mixed experience. Like I enjoyed training people, um, but I think the actual being a PT for that company specifically was not the most enjoyable experience in terms of the relationship. I felt that like the power dynamic, I mean, I'm quite like a self-motivated person anyway, and I don't like too many constraints being placed on me. I'll kind of kick out of that. And I think there were certainly elements of that with DW or at least with, I think it, it's a mixture in terms of what I was willing to do in terms of being like pushy with sales or like trying to make clients work with me as a PT and my own sensibilities towards being salesy or being, you know, whatever. And also just being too young to kind of understand the bigger picture of things um, with just how it operated in the gym. So I kind of found mixed results with that, but through there met some people that knew you guys at propane uh, listen to the podcast was like, oh, this seems to make a lot more sense for kind of what I like, um, the kind of sensibilities that I'm naturally, you know, into, <laughs> as it were. Um, so I reached out to you guys and was like, hey, I've, I've got this writing degree from Brunel. Um, I'd love to help you guys with some content creation. So I did a bit of that on and off for a little while. And then after a year, um, basically, I was like, I still want to take this writing further. So I applied to go to NYU and to Columbia University in New York. Um, I got into Columbia University, um, which I was very shocked at. Didn't get into NYU, which is strange because of, I think Columbia is like the third best ranking university in America or something. Um, 
And it's really highly ranked in terms of the creative writing program. So went there, spent two years basically really dialing in the writing in a way that is, it's like, I don't know, it, you know when you see that noticeable leap in whatever field where you're like, oh, this is, this is really how it's done. You know? And I think um, my, my undergrad experience to my master experience, although my undergrad at Brunel, definitely if you're into writing and watching this, go there. It's amazing. Um, um, but taking that next step and really just, just the, the intensity was insane. It was like going from doing like three sets of 10 to doing 10 sets of 10 every day. Like it was, it was insane. Um, it was like, it was like that. Well, similar to, I think Yusuf's experience with, you know, the doctor stuff. It was like trying to catch water from a fire hose. It's like, there's so much going on. Um, but I think it was, you know, it was an incredibly useful experience. It taught me so much more about kind of writing and basically bringing back to propane fitness and the propane business, um, and kind of, running a fitness business, um, it is basically, um, storytelling is so essential to how businesses operate, especially in an online space. And in a broader sense, storytelling is basically one of the two main ways that we interact with the world as human beings. Um, so I kind of want to talk about that today, um, in a broader context and in kind of a fitness business context. So that's a quick, that's a, a snapshot of the last, Three years, three, three or four years, yes, four years. It feels so I, it feels longer, but I mean, it's yeah, so much. I've been all over the shop. I mean, I spent quarantine in Florida, and now I'm in yeah. Savannah, Georgia. So I, 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 <laughs> every day I wake up and I'm like, "What is going on? How have I got here?" But it's it's great. <laughs> Wait, on like daily calls with Alex, like one day he's in New York, yeah, and then the next call you're in Florida, and then and then like God knows where we tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe somewhere else. Who knows? So, well, yeah. actually, yeah. But, yeah. Two weeks' time, North Carolina. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. But the, the the thing I was thinking about actually before we, which isn't really that relevant, but I think it's just quite a cool like bit of information, is I remember reading in the, I think it's the Four Hour Work Week, something from Tim Ferriss, where he was like, how, he talked about how he started his supplement business. Yeah, I think it's called Brain Quicken. Yeah, something like that. You read much Tim Ferriss stuff? Yes. Yeah, I'm fairly familiar. Yeah. Timmy Boy. Fairly familiar. Most people are. Yeah. Big Tim. Um, he he spoke about how like he got he got into that world by set by like, literally just saying going around and like offering to work places for free. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking like, oh well that that'll never work. Like who would ever say yes to that? How you would never go from that into working full time or being involved in something. But that is exactly what you did with us, isn't it? It is. I ferrised you. I ferrised us. I ferrised us, but I was being ferrous. I didn't even realise I was being ferrous. That's how good it was. <laughs> yeah, so Alex, Alex like basically said, as, as you said, I think you were like, it was the summer, wasn't it, between... Was between, it the summer before going away? The summer before going away to Colombia. So I moved away to New York. I kind of... He basically eased off of things with DW. Newcastle was a wonderfully cheap city to live in for basically the same that you get in most other cities. Um, and like personal training, because obviously the way that the hourly charge works, um, you can kind of pay rent quite easily with very few clients. So that's kind of where I was at when I reached out to you guys as kind of low level personal training still, but had quite a bit of free time to pursue some passions and, you know, reach out to you. One of the first things, so then you, were, then you basically did, you like interned with us, then yeah. it was part-time. Now it's 
full time. Uh, Binned you off boss. for a while after Bin me up. Went and worked other other small insignificant places, and then came back here. And yes. I don't know whether you can say. Can you say what you did? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can. So, okay. while, whilst at Columbia, sort of going into my final, so it was a two year program, and the way it worked, at Columbia was two semesters a year, as opposed to I think it's three in England. And but anyways, so yeah. the first two semesters were still working with propane, and I also worked a rape crisis center on campus, and then I continued doing that in my second year. Um, and then in the final semester of my second year, also started working on a TV show for Comedy Central, um, helping out with some of the script stuff with that, helping out uh, kind of source some video and do some other other sort of more admin sides of the production side of things, which was really interesting. Um, I'm technically still doing that, but obviously everything has stopped for the last seven months. Um, I don't know if I can talk about when refilming is going to start, so I'm not going to. But, but yeah, so... I'm technically still doing that, but having, you know, the master's full time plus the job at the rape crisis center plus the comedy central thing meant I needed to put you guys in the back burner for a while, for which I apologize. I think, they, I think it's in the industry it's known as pieing pieing someone off. Pieing someone off. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the something official, like that. That's the official. That's the official like what it would go down on as a like yeah. in, on your CV. It'd be exactly. like pied yeah. off. So objections. That's very like two thousands. <laughs> Pie off. That's the new one. That's the new term. I think if you use an objection, you're working with the wrong kind of business metrics. <laughs> Number of piles. Number of piles. But yes. But yeah, so, um, and then that led into working with us now. Yes. Um, and I, something, again, something else I remember just from the, the storyline, the, the, the story of Alex, yes. um, was something I got a text from a friend who who actually used to who used to actually was like part of the like founding team of propane like 10 years ago uh, called dan and he sent me this message and he was like the thing you just posted on instagram like i don't know how you've done it but i've never felt so he's like he's like pretty blase about social media like he doesn't get involved in arguments or anything yeah. but he was like i've never felt so compelled to comment on something <laughs> and then he and then he was like thinking about that and thinking about thinking about that and he was like how like what if how have they managed to do that and there was like a run of those where that was consistently happening and i can't remember what it was it was something about like men the, the male female dynamic in a gym yeah, it was it was women don't care about your advice in the gym that was the, that was it that was it yeah, yeah. but that caused a shitstorm. like and that's just again alex just coming in just storytelling his way through our, our instagram 80 comments on it it was yeah. it was insane crazy so i think that was probably one of the first things you like first things you worked on for us was that yes like turning articles into creative like all the articles and content we've got into like what is the core idea behind that and then turning yeah. into those no, that's, yeah. annoying <laughs> annoying half the internet yeah. but yeah um, if you can annoy but yeah, but you'll probably make yourself appear over the other half <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that that's it isn't it and that's, that's what i think people don't like about um moving online is yeah. you have to at some point piss someone off basically yes definitely i mean it's the whole world you're exposing yourself to and mm-hmm. there's also i mean just in terms of way stuff works algorithmically you need to take a stance you can't you can't muddle in the middle else it kind of just gets lost i mean it depends mm-hmm. on the platform um but when it's when it's the short form stuff 
And by short form, I mean like really short form, like Instagram, or like a tweet, not like a short mm-hmm. article. But you can be a bit more nuanced than that. But yeah, but even within that, I mean, headlines and stuff like that of short articles, again, that kind of need, still needs to take a stance and be fairly out there. Not out there, but you know what I mean? It, it needs to have the, have the ability to annoy someone or grab someone. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea is that if it's going to grab someone, it probably might annoy someone as well. Um, yeah. Like if it's like five sensible ideas for fat loss, nobody cares. <laughs> five five <laughs> gradual and moderate approaches to achieving reasonable goals that aren't ludicrous. Without overstretching yourself. Without overstretching yourself <laughs> and understanding that there will be ups and downs along the way. The yeah. article. But, this is like, yeah, the definitive article. This is like, like tweet, keto is stupid. And somebody somewhere will get a bit annoyed. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, Just before we continue, we are definitely recording. Yes, we are. Cool. It says it's just, it. there is nothing yeah. worse. Oh, yeah, so it doesn't. So it does. I'm not used to being, not being the one that is the recorder. The power's been taken. I don't know. I'm not the host. I could just pause it. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, and then just waste, just literally waste time. Yeah. But anyway, um, so what, what we're going to talk about today, and I think what is Alex's superpower is, I mean, you refer to it as storytelling, but I think it's quite hard. I, I mean, I, I, know, I know the importance of it, mainly because I, like pretty much every kind of mainstream marketing uh, course, book, coach it all comes back to this idea of like the narrative in your marketing and, and the, the story arc from point a to point b yeah. and how you basically convince someone or win someone over but it's probably quite difficult if i'm like sat listening to this and i'm an offline personal trainer i'm working in dw in newcastle or somewhere similar yeah and i'm sat thinking like here are these guys telling me that i need to use storytelling to my advantage yeah so what is a give us like a give us like an example or a, like a, a synthesis of what is it that you mean when you say storytelling? You don't mean like a once upon a time. Do you? No, yeah, well, I was literally going to use that example. So yeah, it, it's, okay. It, where I think a lot of people do get lost in the whole storytelling or narrative or you know however it wants to be phrased. Um, what I mean by that is just the kind of the 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 information they piece together to make kind of a logical argument within themselves. Or if you're writing it, the logical argument, you make piecing some information together. Um, and the, the way this works in terms of, so storytelling can be visual, it can be auditory, it can be, it can be writing as well. Um, but I think the big thing that people often miss with the marketing is that you're not, you're not just trying to tell your best story as like, this is the story of my life as a personal trainer. You're trying to basically make the person that you're trying to sell your to, to help or sell your service to you're trying to make them understand how you fit within their story does that make sense yeah um completely yeah so like that that's that's really where so if, say for example you're on a gym floor and if someone's own personal story is i'm going to the gym and i'm going to put my headphones on and not talk to anyone and I don't, you know, I don't want to be interrupted. As a personal trainer approaching them, you've got no chance. You know what I mean? You've got. Yeah. One, they don't want to talk to you. Um, 
Whereas if you're someone that's a bit more open or a bit like confused about the gym, or, you know, if, if you have these beliefs that like, oh, I'm going to the gym, you know, I, I vaguely want to get in shape or I vaguely have these goals. As a personal trainer, then what you can do is approach them and tell your own story of like how you, how you fit into their narrative of I'm confused. Then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not confused. I can help you mm-hmm. with that confusion. This is how I can help you overcome that. And the way that you tell stories in your business is really, I mean, people are just very self-absorbed. So like just basically reflecting their own story back at them also is really a really helpful way to think about it as well. So for example, with the, so that's why a keto is nonsense tweet is so triggering because people have this story that keto is kind of who they are. It's their personality. Um, it's this narrative that they tell themselves about like, oh, this is the way, you know, and, and they kind of place themselves on a pedestal or they place themselves even if it's not on a pedestal, it still becomes core of like their belief system. Um, and saying keto is bad is telling a very different story to the one that they're telling themselves, uh, which is why they get triggered. However, other people who have had bad experiences with keto are going to be like, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Um, yeah. But that's what I mean by storytelling. And that's what I mean with how it interacts in terms of a personal training sense is that it's about getting the stories that you tell to match up with the stories that your prospective clients tell about themselves. Um, so, so this is, I mean, it's part of the conversation of like, who is your target market and how do you attract them? Yes. And I think everybody thinks that that starts and finishes with, well, I work with Dave who's 31 and works in IT yeah. and likes football. And it's like, right, done. So then I'll just run a Facebook ad to that person and start up a fat loss program and think that because I've done that, suddenly there's no more competition because no one else is going after someone called Dave. This is like, cause what I I think what, what I realized was with this stuff, I realized that I was being convinced of things by someone almost telling me a story about how they used to think how I feel. Yeah. Well, they, they used to feel how I feel or they used to think what I think now. And then they tried a few things and they didn't work. And then they kind of made some changes and suddenly they got this result. And now they're here and actually it's linked to this thing. Yeah. And suddenly I'm like, oh, well, it must be that. Versus someone like pulling up their soapbox and standing on it and like ringing the bell and going like, listen to me, this is the only thing you can do and nothing else works. People yeah. like put shutters up and don't listen versus this sort of gradually taking someone by the hand and taking them through a story to, to help them arrive at the same conclusion. No, Exactly. And uh, well, I think it's, it's very difficult to say succinctly because it's quite, so looking at our business as a whole, or even like propane fitness, like the storytelling of propane fitness, one, it's changed and altered over time, but that's natural in the growth of any business. But it's also, it's such a large thing in terms of, so it, it's what you and Yusuf look like, number one, like just, just the visual side of things, like the fact that you guys are in shape is already telling a certain story out there. It's, (laughs) but you know, the the fact that that is there and then you add in like even, so even like the fact that you lifted certain numbers with deadlift, that's arbitrary generally, but in someone that, (laughs) in someone that has told themselves they value lifting heavy weights, they can look at you and be like, that number is more than my number. My, my life would be vastly improved if I got to that number. This guy seems to know about it. So, so that's one arm of it is like the visual stuff, the actual proof of what you're doing that it's all telling a story. I think that's the thing that I, you know, it's not just like 
one piece of content that tells a story. It's really your, your overall business is telling a story about who you are in the world, what you provide to the world, um, the value that you put out there. And when, when you, I don't know if it's easier if you take a step back and look at it holistically, but I think it becomes more natural. Um, if that makes sense, if, if your process is, oh, I really just need to be authentic. Well, this is the big word and it's a buzzword in self-help at the moment is authenticity. You don't actually need to be authentic, but it's the easiest way to tell a story that is very nuanced and very like, it has a lot to it because if you just go with the truth or at least what you think is the truth, because our memories are actually just constructed stories. But <laughs> if you go with what you think is the truth, which is how you yeah. live life anyway, then that's probably going to resonate with some people. Um, and you're also not going to get tripped up overthinking like, oh, how do I angle this thing that actually happened to me? Like it actually mm. happened to you and you can just tell it as you told it. Um, and yeah. yeah. Sorry, Johnny. So the, 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 the authenticity thing I think is, um, you know, ra- rather than thinking I need to be suit and tie, professional, never swear, never do anything that like uh, someone might see and think, well, I'm not going to, and like, there are some examples of this where I had to, I have to, and Alex and I have spoken about this, where I've had like rain Yusuf in because he does do something sometimes on Instagram where I think it does stray beyond that. But like, generally speaking, just being yourself um, will attract people of, of a similar mindset. Like yeah. if someone sees Yusuf doing something a bit risque and thinks that's funny. Like yesterday he uploaded a video of him in a sleeping bag <laughs> doing a Q and A. I, I like watched a nine minutes. Bag. <laughs> nine minutes abusive in a hot sleeping bag and i went you know the oh. first thing about it have you seen the so we got a message from the company yeah. saying I haven't seen you it. should be wearing basically you should be wearing clothes amazing yeah <laughs> that's so that's very yusuf but that, so that is yusuf thinking what would i do anyway this oh i know i'll just put it on the internet easy peasy yeah. Um, but yeah, like versus like if Yusuf was to sort of sit down really professionally and sort of put on this front, firstly, you've got to remember to, to keep that up and yeah. like telling a lie. Eventually you contradict yourself or, you know, forget that that's the person you are. Yeah. And then secondly, the people you attract are attracted to that rather than what you're like anyway. So then all yeah. client work, all content, everything you do has to be upheld, upholding that version of yeah. you rather than just the version of you that, As a yeah. Person, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, when I said you don't need to be authentic, it's still probably the best way to run something and live life. Yeah. But like, you don't, you know, it's, it's weird. It's very weird with Instagram, for example. Like if you look at, cause it's, it's, it's sort of authentic. It's like semi-authentic where it's like, mm. I, I think the thing with the storytelling part of that is just basically doubling down on what you, what people see, what people seem to draw, be drawn towards with you. Does that make sense? Um, mm-hmm. So like, although, although Yusuf probably would be in the sleeping bag if the camera is on or not. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> he just wouldn't be doing a Q&A. That's the only difference. Yeah. But, but for example, so say we, we're going back to this tweet about women don't care about your opinion on their training program. That's not necessarily something that you'd wake up and think, I need to say this today. The world needs to know at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think in, in terms of what, in terms of then you, you look at, oh, what do people like about us? It's kind of raw honesty and like empathy. 
that is something mm-hmm. that kind of the more extreme version of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's taking it's taking an idea that you would have that yeah. wouldn't necessarily like go down to the shops and say <laughs> exactly. in public yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's but it's all part of this. I suppose that links up to like what is the what is my story? I think what you said there is like probably the, the most important thing for someone to kind of start thinking about is if I'm going to try and get a client, they have to see like their confusion or where they are in their journey in me. Yes. Because otherwise it, otherwise it's a very hard sell to get them to trust you. So then it's like, well, what would I say that might convince that person that I've been where they are or how might I agree with them or how might I overturn a belief that they think is true Yeah, and get their attention and then take them on this story to ultimately work with me, which is basically just all of marketing and sales. Yeah. It comes back to telling stories. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so this is why, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah. so it's, it's also, I mean, the big thing, another big thing about marketing is sort of like standing out from other people a little bit as well. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why we're, you know, in the program business program, we're so, heavy on like have a niche you know really understand your niche and it can be something very specific in terms of like the mechanics of what you deliver it can be something very specific in terms of who you are exactly targeting or you know it it can be either of those things but there needs to be a specificity to what you're delivering or at least how how you're delivering it or how you're telling telling people about it um because there's so much there's so much free stuff out there anyway and there's also I mean, you know, if you're trying to go up against Gymshark, like, I'm not, good luck. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, and they're they're the people who are targeting. Actually, the Gymshark thing is very interesting. I don't know if you saw the controversy, (laughs) but when they they posted someone, a photo of someone who didn't have 8% body fat and people lost their minds. Like, they were were angry. They were like, oh, never buying from Gymshark again. And they're like, in different photos, they are still saying they're never buying from Gymshark again. Like that, and like, if you want to talk about the power of storytelling and like the power of like your own story, that's a piece of fabric. That's all that is. There's, <laughs> it's like there is nothing that inherently makes you strong, lean, or anything about a piece of fabric. But people have told themselves that this piece of fabric represents low body fat and high muscle mass. It doesn't. And also people have told themselves that because of the way that Gymshark have told their own story. But yeah. it's, and I think in terms of a business decision, if I'm going like cynical on Gymshark, like they are big enough now and they have enough brand power that they can pivot within a market and don't need to just do like elite. They will benefit more <laughs> from targeting people that don't have abs than yeah. they will now yeah. targeting the, you know, the, the pretty small percentage of the human population that, really really like i mean that's the thing that i think we also get sometimes a bit deluded with in terms of the fact that you know me you and yusuf are all on kind of extremer ends not quite extreme because we're not all taking roids but it's still it's still a fairly it's probably like eight you know 80th percentile maybe 90th of like human behavior and intention to be lean and strong like yeah Yeah. so from jim jim shark perspective they're now a household name and if they can change their story to this is for everyone that's, you know, trying to get in shape, that's like, they've like quadrupled their market. Um, yeah. Yeah. But even that's, if, that is where, <laughs> that's where the growth is for them, isn't it? It's not like selling more to the people who 
already have the Gymshark leggings. It's um, like the people who don't or exactly. think that they can. And and also, I, I don't. I think a large enough portion of the people who do have abs are, are not going to be unreasonable douchebags. So yeah, but it, it's I, very, it's very interesting to see. So the 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 thing of like just getting in the media, like being on the front page of the media, whether whether for good or bad reasons. Yeah. Sometimes just, especially if a brat, like look at Elon Musk and Tesla and SpaceX, right? Like yeah. there was a period of time where Elon Musk was doing the most ridiculous shit. Like I'm sure he called someone a pedophile or something. Yeah. The guy who helped the, like the diver who helped the kids in Thailand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The diver like, like saves some children. I know. And he just like called it. He, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he just like came out and said something. And then he like, been accused of like influencing the share price but then when you just look at tesla's progress in spite of all that you think well like are there is there a part of that where just being in the media consistently has helped them and i think yeah. with gymshark like here we are talking about gymshark yeah exactly so it's but yeah I, I agree like they their story and there's a similar thing with sbd and powerlifting i know they're nowhere near as, as big of a brand but they made powerlifting i think anyway more like accessible and and like trendy and cool to be part of because they made like gave athletes SBD kit and the SBD you could only get certain bits of SBD kit if you competed for the British team or the whatever the national team and suddenly it became this like there was a story behind powerlifting and like, yeah it's bigger in powerlifting yeah um, but just from three letters on a on a single oh, right? no, you've, so you've, like, you've drank the Kool Aid on SBD but they're in your I have, yeah <laughs> well so I, I just I remember. It was it was basically the period of time I was most active in powerlifting went from yeah. when SBD didn't exist, and then like the next year, the same competition, everyone was wearing SBD knee sleeves, and then a year after that, everyone was wearing the SBD singlet. And you're like, yeah. what are they like? How are they managing to do that? So impressive. But gym sharks the same, right? Yeah. Like you go and go into a gym in the UK, especially, and find that I, there'll be someone in there with something gym shark yeah. on at the time. I mean, was well, so even in. Savannah, Georgia, seeing people out running in Gymshark. Really? It's wild. But anyway, yeah. I mean, in We're terms running. of potential personal trainers, the, the, the considerations of Gymshark are not your considerations. I do want to say that. You don't no. want to... No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, because... The, the, but the kind of... There are some lessons you can take and some lessons that you kind of could push away. Like, you're not, you're not trying to go mass market if you're... Because you don't have a billion dollar company basically that you don't have the ad spend like and even then so they were still in a niche until clearly this you know this pivot slightly into trying to appeal to a different kind of audience um and like if you look at the way gymshark started like very very niche and through that built a little bit more um yeah so yeah I, you know. and that and it, it's because i think people are like well if niche, niching doesn't mean that there's fewer people competing with me, why should I go after a niche? And it's just back to what you were saying. It's like you have to, someone has to resonate with something about you. And yeah. It's far easier to resonate with one person than two or three or one person's a specific situation. So like some of the most successful people in propane business probably do the opposite to what they to what a lot of people would think and that like, they work with a really specific person. Yeah. And the, well, the well, knee-jerk so that, reaction is... This is a massive difference between working on a gym floor and working online is on a gym floor, there's only maybe 300, 300 depending on the size of the gym, 
but maybe like I think the the members database is probably three thousand. Then the amount of people that actually come regularly, a thousand maybe. And then within that, the people that are open to PT, maybe you have a hundred that aren't already working with a PT that aren't already. So you you need to be a catch-all. You need to be adaptable. You need to be able to pivot to whatever their needs are specifically, because there's only a hundred of them, and that's how you make your money. With the internet, there's six billion or i don't know what the yeah. number of the internet is right now because of how many people have access to it but it's in the billions which is a number so large that like the human what's it like the human brain can't actually comprehend what that is that number yeah like well two, even just facebook's two billion right yeah exactly two billion exactly so, so and then people say things like oh my target market on on facebook <laughs> come on man like really like there's really no um, one in uh, your target market. And the only on reason they wouldn't be on Facebook is that like they would be on a different social media platform, like, <laughs> or they're like 15 years old and like don't target 15 year olds with personal training. Generally, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. yeah, like they're too they're too young to have a smartphone. Perhaps would yes, be one of the only reasons. No, there's, there's, yeah. there's just there's very limited people alive, or that, enough for you. If you're a business owner listening to this, there are enough people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough so that's people. the other, the other conversation is like um, the so you again you go from the offline situation into online. Yeah. You're told to niche down and pick a specific person and create this narrative of your journey and try and appeal to one specific person. I'm like, yeah, but like I don't I don't know enough of those people. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, that's not, firstly, that's not the point. But secondly, let's say you got 30, like of a market of, let's say, 100 million people yeah. who are of that category. You know, how hard is that on a percentage basis? We aren't talking about becoming the next Instagram no. to, make, to make this work. So, yeah, the, the numbers do really put things in perspective when you, it, well, when it's, you run them. It's, li- it's just insane. And I think because we're so... You know, social media is still early in terms of people's, well, and also like just in terms of the way the human brain works, like Facebook's not been accounted for in evolution yet. Um, (laughs) But like the access to people that we have is absolutely insane. Or even like the life that I've lived where I've like bopped from, you know, Southeast England up to to London, up to the North, across to New York, down to Florida, up to Savannah, Georgia. Like that's not possible without the internet that's not possible without the those kind of things and just that i can the fact you know i could train a client in dubai now like that would be fine like, and, and that's that's wild and like that just didn't happen before so i think the industry is so unfamiliar with that that there's so much like grandfathered in practices from the gym floor days of we only have certain members that we can get whereas like to make the same amount that you might make you know offline it's probably like 20 people or maybe 30 people, depending on how many people you're doing and what you're charging, obviously. But it's such yeah. a low, yeah. low, low proportion, as you were saying, of that market. You don't need to be the authority. There just needs to be a little wrinkle in what you do that makes that person go, oh, that's the person for me. Um, that, that's, and most of that is the person's story, right? Yeah. It's the person's background and the way they come across. And like, you know, if someone's, I always imagine this world where like you're going after one person and that person has like four people on their social media that they might work with. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, who's going to win that battle? It's the person who says something of like, Oh, this morning I was 
this, this, this. And then I was thinking about this thing that happened to me and I was worried about this. And someone watches that and it goes, oh yeah, that's me. Exactly. Or like, yeah, I've, I've had exactly that, right? You know what? I'm just going to pick that. Yeah. And that comes from just knowing your target market, knowing the exactly what they're thinking and what they're wanting and how you can interact with them. Rather than thinking, how do I get a thousand people to buy my fat loss ebook? Think, how do I get 25, 30 people to yeah. work with me on a recurring basis? Exactly. No, that, that's a hundred percent it. And it's just, it's, it's again, like if you think of what you are as a personal trainer in this person's story, so say, so the person you're trying to train is always the main character in their story. Like that's, that's all. If you look at it from just like a story time perspective, like they're always mm-hmm. the main character and they're on an adventure and they're trying to make the most of their life. Right. <laughs> You, you just have to be the really helpful person. That's all you are to them. The really helpful person that gives them the wisdom or that you, or, you know, if you frame it in the context of like, you could be the Mr. Miyagi to their Daniel son or like <laughs> there's, there's so many ways. If, if you look at kind of the relate, the relationship between a trainer and a client is very, it's very different to a business and a person. Like they, they are different things. And I think that's something to be very conscious of as well is that, Yes, Gymshark is great, but Gymshark isn't a personal brand. Gymshark is a clothing brand that's like, it's not like your, your leggings talk to you every day. You know, you know, it's not like your leggings give you feedback after a week or whatever it is. It's, it's a different relationship. So understanding that the, the value of who you are as a person is so much more significant with a business like that than with a, like a, just a, a goods business where you're just selling an object. Even even Gymshark, though, like honestly, I think one of the main reasons I pay so such close attention is because of Ben Francis. Yeah, but you're also you're also a business owner. You're a business minded person. Yeah, so that so I, I guess like I I'm very impressed by him the way he runs Gymshark. Like, I mean, I can't imagine you open your laptop and inside like on the screen is what's happening with a company that's just been valued valued at that amount and the emails you must get and. Yeah, you know the things that reach him because no one else can solve it. Like, you just have massive problems that, to deal with every day. That that's how he fits into your personal story. I think most people that wear Gymshark leggings aren't like, I wonder what Ben Francis is up to today. <laughs> and if they, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. But it, it's still about so. It, it's about on this. So Ben Francis, you've never met Ben Francis. You don't know him personally, but he's clearly just in due as a business owner has provided enough value with the story he's told about his journey that you, if Ben Francis released a training tomorrow, I wouldn't hear from you for the next four weeks. Like <laughs> <laughs> You'd be gone. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. As long as it was relevant. Yeah. Like exactly. I'm not interested in, yeah, but uh, yeah, you're, you're dead right. Like if, um, and everyone has these people, like I, I have these people in fitness, in business, in, like Tim Ferriss is a good example. Oh yeah. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people have, have someone like that, like a Tim Ferriss character where that book's had a big impact on their life and that fits into their story. And he's like part of it, even though I'm sure that, you know, the thing of like never meet your heroes in person, like I'm sure if you spent a week with Tim Ferriss, it probably wouldn't be what you'd think. You'd be like, it's just a, just a guy. Oh, he just bought, oh, he goes to a coffee shop. Oh, he, oh, he does some LSD. Oh, he's tripping now. <laughs> like, <laughs> now he's writing a book now he's writing a yeah, book and oh, yeah. oh he's what, had what a surprise girlfriend oh oh he's weird in arguments oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh 
<laughs> yeah. And that would be how it would be. So that's why it's better to just occasionally listen to his podcast and read a book and have him exactly. be part of your story. But then, I mean, so what is the great thing about having a personal brand is that you can put that best foot forward at all times. Yeah. Um, and, and that's another part where the storytelling comes into it. And why I was saying that Instagram's kind of half honest. Mm-hmm. Because it, yeah. Tim Ferriss isn't posting a podcast of him bickering with his girlfriend. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I think he should, though. <laughs> you're Zach. It's sort of thing. You're a very it's the sort of thing he, market kind of person, though. Well, he, like, Tim uploaded, like, drunk Q&As. Like, he, would, he, got, he drank. He just sat, sits drinking tequila and calls his audience. Brilliant. That's authenticity, though. That's very much like mm-hmm. a... And, 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 and again, that's the thing with a personal brand. I think people get too caught up in like, this is how big companies do sales. So this is how <laughs> yeah. we, as a personal trainer who's a person, should do sales. That, that, they're not the same thing. And mm. again, it comes back to like, in, when I go to Tesco's, I mean, I don't, I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't need, you know, to talk to someone. I'm not really in it for the cashier experience. <laughs> That's not where they fit in. To handle your objections. Yeah, I was like, like oh, this, about, uh, this melon could be 145 instead of 159. Uh, can we can we do something on this? Like, no. It's all about the finest the finest option, sir. That's out my price range. Well, what do you mean by that? Like, no. You know, how can we make this work for you? Yeah, it would just be a pain. But there is actually, there, is some, there are some nuggets in there in terms of there is a customer journey in a supermarket and there's a very, they are very specific with the, the how they set out a supermarket um, in terms yeah. of what you see first, what they're trying to shift, how they can get the stuff that's loss leading, sell as little as possible of that. And, uh, they, you know, there's, there's conscious ways of doing that. And then th- th- that is something to really focus on when, const- so say constructing, you know, what's the equivalent of a brick and mortar in place online? It's your website, it's your social media profiles, it's all of this kind of stuff. And get it, being really cognizant of the customer journey as they interact with you or your business is incredibly important. And again, fits into storytelling. Like there's a, I'll let, there's a, there's a way with the online stuff that you can make it a pretty exciting journey for someone through it, through a myriad of different techniques. Um, and, and that's where you kind of want to get with it. You know, there's a, there, there's ways of building up exclusivity. That's, that's one method of doing it, of telling a story about, oh, there's only five spaces left in this program. But that's, that's a very like blunt way of doing that. There's, there's other ways of like doing that in a much larger, broader way of telling that story. That's like, you know, oh, sw- swamp with clients this week. It's great. That's more subtle, which again, that's, a, that's something that we kind of dive into a bit more in the program, but like, there's, there's ways of being subtle with storytelling and there's ways of being very overt and they work at different points in the journey. So for example, with Tesco, you know it's a Tesco because it has a massive sign that says Tesco. Like, yeah. you know what that is. <laughs> and it's very obvious. Um, so that's an important consideration is like, it needs to be clear what it is, what, what you are when you're out there. It can't be like a mud of message. However, once you get in the door of Tesco, it, it's a little bit more subtle the way they do it. You know, there's some like signs to like, oh, here's cereal and milk, but then it's a little bit more subtle in the way that they will place shuffle, shuffle, stuff on the shelves. Now, I'm not an expert in supermarket positioning, so but you know, it, it, it's just just knowing that it's something that is considered that the placement yeah. of different things and the way that you go through the shop is considered is something that definitely makes sense to think about because. 
online can be really abstract and intimidating. And it can also be overwhelming and like, oh, I've got this Instagram page, but then Facebook, but then Snapchat, but then oh, the website, and then I'll deliver this program. And, you know, it feels like you're juggling. Um, yeah. Whereas understanding that what you're doing is really just fitting into that person's journey and optimizing for their experience within their journey. So they are someone that wants to change something within their life and get a result at the end of it. You know, well, actually, they just want a result. They probably don't want to change that much. You've got to convince them that they need to change. But, <laughs> but from, mm. you know, they want a result. And you, your value is in them understanding that you are the best person to deliver that result to them and then to actually deliver the result as well. So here's a story, just to go very meta, here's a story that I often tell about this to communicate this idea. Nice. And this, this legit happened, right? So in Venice mm-hmm. with Becca, my girlfriend, we're walking down. If anyone's ever been to Venice, you'll kind of have this experience. You're like walking down a narrow street and basically there's just like restaurant, 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 like loads of people basically trying to capitalize on the traffic, right? Which is just the people going to and from. And it's very much like a newsfeed. Because basically everybody is standing outside their restaurant, waving a menu in your face, yeah. talking about like the features. So it's like, oh, blah, 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 garlic bread, blah, 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 pasta, right? It's just exactly the same shit, like over and over and over again. And you just become numb to it. Yeah. And there was one guy, he was just, he was basically here when he said it, he was like, are you looking for, are you looking for delicious Italian food? And I like, I was like, oh, fuck you. Like, because like, yes, obviously I am. Like, that, of course that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. So I was like, <laughs> yes. And he was like, all right, okay. And then like gave us a free sample and then gave us a second free sample and then like sat at the table. Like before I really knew what was happening, I was just in this restaurant. I was just like, and I like sat there thinking about online sales funnels, yeah. much to my girlfriend's frustration. But yeah, <laughs> so like, so that, that's like, yeah, <laughs> like over a candlelit dinner, me just yeah. thinking, I wonder what his conversion rate is with that. Uh, but yeah, so that's an example of a guy who was like, just doing the opposite. And I watched him do this with multiple people, right? And it, it consistently worked for him. But he's just saying the thing that not everybody else is saying, which is like my free fat loss ebook, my recipe book, my recipe book, my recipe book. Yeah, he's just saying, results. oh, crazy results with my free fat loss diet guide. Like just saying something slightly different that is, you know, meeting people where they're at, basically. What are they there for? Um, and then I think that the 14 day challenge, which is what we, we teach pretty much everyone in the program, is like, walking around Tesco well not not quite the same right it's like if you are you're on a high street looking for something then you're looking you're looking for that thing right you don't need to be convinced that you're there to buy that thing that's the same with fat loss and muscle pain it's not I don't need someone to tell me that that's my goal I know that's my goal yeah I'm looking for where to buy it from you don't go to a shop and buy the thing you were there to buy and come out of it feeling like you've been scammed do you, you don't you're like, Fuck, like someone's really rinsed me there like it's well I was here for that I yeah. bought that I feel like I made the right decision and that's just the journey around the shop and the options and, you know, you associate certain things with the brand like Tesco's trustworthy, every little helps feels like it's there on my side, you know? So, and then it's a very just as expected experience. And I think what everyone else is trying to do in the fitness industry is be the guy outside the restaurant, waving the garlic bread off in your face. Or a club promoter. Exactly. Yeah. On it tonight. (laughs) it's packed and there's like four people in there yeah it's just yeah oh god i've, I've been on the point the end of so many of those offers yeah there's a uh, yeah newcastle's fun for it there's a lot of promo promoters 
I, so another story. I remember in Las Vegas this time, this guy giving me all this speech, right, on, on the strip about how he was he ran this night. It was the best ever and discount, blah, blah, blah. I'd love to hear about the Las Vegas days. <laughs> twice. I've got some, some brilliant stories. But um, he was wearing this really big gold watch. It was like yeah. So I, I remember the watch, right? And this guy sold us this nightclub and we went to this nightclub and it was absolutely terrible. So everybody had to wear name badges and you were like forced to walk around and introduce yourself. It was honestly one of the worst things I've ever been to. So we left that and we went to another nightclub and I saw the guy, I saw a guy standing at the bar with a huge gold watch on. And I was like, Hey, look, there's that gold watch again. Like everyone, everyone in Vegas must have these gold watches. And the guy turned around and I was like, hold on a minute, mate. You're like, what are you doing over here? I went, so that prime example, bait and switch. And that's how most fit pros sell online coaching. Yeah. With big gold watches. <laughs> <laughs> With big gold watches on the Las Vegas Strip. Exactly. No, I mean, so there you go. A lot of underlying resentment there. Bring up some uh, painful memories. There's some feelings for you. Yeah. Some painful parts of your story. Okay, what, what so, if I could tell you, Johnny, you'll never have a bad club experience again? Are you about to sell me a club experience? <laughs> is, that, is this? Am I about to have what I've just described done back to me? All right, on, online clubbing. <laughs> the result. You want, the result you want is a good night out. I've got this app that is basically a network <laughs> of different clubs, and I, I text the managers each night, being like, "Oh, is it a good, decent night out, mate?" And they're honest with me, so I'll send you to the club. You in? Well, that's a great app. I'm leaving pro. I'm, I'm doing that. I don't even have to leave. I don't have to leave. I can just be at home, but be in the club at the same time. Yeah. And then I, Live stream. I don't have to get it. Don't have to get an Uber. They come to I your house. To, I can just have my, I can just like prepare food, takeaway food to have here as well. That's prepared. So, You're fine. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Objection handling. <laughs> so what it, what is someone's listening to this and they're thinking like, right, I need to go to Venice, I need to go to Vegas, nightclub apps. But what, what, what is one thing that as a, probably it right now, I'm guessing someone's still listening. They're either currently doing some kind of online stuff or they're thinking about it, they're kind of dipping their toes. What's like the low hanging fruit with applying this stuff? Is it like an about me? Is it coming, like changing my marketing messages or thinking about my brand? Um, I think if you've never spent time considering your niche or your brand, I think that's that's a starting point. I don't know if it's the lowest hanging fruit, but I think it's the, it's a real starting point of drilling into who you are, what you want to be delivering, who you like serving, who you like working with. If there's an ideal client base, who you've seen success with in the past, if you're just starting out again, just kind of who you want to serve, um, your own story, your own pain points. Um, and like, really focusing on that to start with and then if it's terms like a storytelling and a marketing perspective i would just like play around with it and have fun with it a little bit i think that's generally where you find a sweet spot because if you're playing around and having fun then you're being genuine also i mean you're also probably not big enough to do significant damage to your like reputation like obviously don't be just tweeting out really hot takes about you know very sensitive issues don't do that but you know, try <laughs> try and play around a little bit with either so on social media, taking a stance, for example, trying to get involved in the conversation, and really just kind of 
even even just trying to see everything from a customer experience perspective, trying to look at your website with the eyes of, I'm someone within the niche that I'm trying to serve. What have I seen before? Who have I, you know, what messaging have I seen before? How does this differ? Is this the same old, you know, oh, six pack in four weeks situation? Or is it, is it something a little bit different? If it's something a little bit different, how can I refine that? How can I make it clearer? How can I, because at the end of the day, the person, a client visiting your page wants to know how it benefits them, how it fits into their story in a more like theoretical perspective, but more like bricks and like more just clearly, how does this benefit me? What results do I get from this? Like yeah. that's the, that's the blunt what, end. For me. And then the, yeah. the more, the more complex end is like how, you know, the, the, the subtle ways that you make that make sense to them. There's, there's so many things that you don't notice until there's so many things that you don't notice about something good until something bad comes along and you notice that there, none of those things are there. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like Like, what would a bad web, what would a bad version of this look like? How do I not do that? Like for example, just a great apartment with a great bathroom, but there's nowhere to hang your towels. (laughs) Like just awful. Imagine that. <laughs> I'm there. And, and Have that, you got nowhere to hang your towels, Alex? Yeah, exactly. No, I've got, uh, there's, there's a hook on the door. There's a towel rail. It's great here. But it's, um, but just stuff like that, because I think not knowing where things are going missing is a mistake that a lot of people make starting out because it's such a, it feels like such a large undertaking that you can get scattered in terms of your focus. Um, so taking a step back and being like, oh, I don't know who, Alex is, for example. So say I'm trying to run on this. I don't know who Alex is. I've encountered him through Instagram. So you could do it, do it different ways, but like just try and lead yourself through their experience because so many people will like even have a nice angle, even have a nice way of storytelling, but then they don't even tell you what they do. Like they don't even yeah. say, they don't even state clearly. I run this six week program to help people achieve this. Like, that's fine to say that. That's not like, oh, you have to be really subtle about it. It's more about the way that people arrive at that offer. But if that offer's not even there, like I, I saw a profile of some guy who like really good stories, really good engagement. And there was like, okay, what, how do I work with you? Like the idea, so the idea that you should like put a barrier up to people to work with you is dumb. <laughs> it needs to be as easy as possible for someone to opt in to your world. And that can be gently. So, so for example, the 14-day challenge is no paid offering. It's very much delivering a lot of value up front. Um, but that makes the barrier to entry a lot, a lot smoother. Like, I mean, that's why club promoters exist. But it's not because the clubs make the money off someone just going in the actual building. It's because once they're in the building, they buy drinks. And it's, it's, the, it's the same process that you need to kind of think about with you think you need to get people in the building, but then in the building, you need to surprise them even more. Like, you know, the ideal experience with anything. So this apartment was like an Airbnb, basically. The pictures on the website looked really good. And then when I walked in, it was much bigger than I was hoping for. And that's like, whoa, that experience, if you can replicate that for potential personal training clients, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. That's what you want. You want people to be like, wow, this is really thorough. Now, that doesn't mean you undersell what you're putting out there. But it, it's, 
it's a, it's a way of like provide a lot of value up front, then over it's the whole it's over deliver kind of situation. That basically that. And well, then you think, well, like, what does that look like? Well, if someone's selling super high ticket for like one to one email access, that's the same as like you putting ten grand down for the the apartment, and then there being nowhere to hang your towels. Yes, you know, it's like you've got all these expectations, and it ends up not versus if it was a tenth of the price you're expecting but there's like an entire rack for your towels and there's a, you know, it's bigger than you're expecting. Yeah. It's like, so it probably looks like I don't just get, I'm not just relying on you to email me. I'm part of a community. I can get on-demand support. There's yeah. content. There's, I can get my questions answered without having to wait for anybody. It's very predictable and repeatable and it's in line with my expectations. And it's not like the first thing I look to cancel if I'm looking to trim my budget down a little bit that month. Yeah, right. exactly. So, and that, that, you know, does that sound like a good service? Yeah, I, most people would be pretty happy with that. So it's like, well, how do I make that? And the answer is just go to propertyfitness.com forward slash business podcast. Exactly. No, I'm joking. But, you know, the answer is generally like, that's how we arrived at group coaching. That's how we arrived at the 14-day challenge. It's like, what does a good sales experience look like? Just gives people all the information they need and then says, if you'd like to continue, here's the, like, there's the till. Yeah. Right? Rather than, I've got a knife come to the till. If you don't pay, then exactly. Like I'm going to murk you. <laughs> murk you exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a. Uh, but I think so. I find it personally a lot. So some people might struggle with the, for example, the nightclub metaphor or whatever metaphor. But but thinking about it in a physical space can be really good for helping with the abstract of like social media and the internet as like a vast world like mm-hmm. you really are building kind of or not a shop but you're built you're, you're almost building your own online gym sort of there's a sort of to that um where the personal side of things is a lot more valued than the you know than just being a brick building um you know you mm-hmm. don't necessarily care who's working inside as long as the service is fine it's a bit different online but in terms of like the mechanics of how things work and how attracting people works um yeah i mean understanding the okay so customer journey how you fit into their story and how you're telling your own story and the best way the way you can do that in the most authentic um the least pushy the least salesy um people's barriers are just up to it now i think this is this is another problem i think a lot of people that are business gurus um they had a lot of like first mover advantage with this stuff where like, because no one was providing the service, they just did it and it worked because there was a need for it. Um, yeah. and, and they think that their hypey marketing was what worked, but the market has changed now. It's very sensitive to that stuff. It's, you know, people are, unless you're already an authority in an industry in, in fitness. So in other industries, maybe not, but, Unless you can create a new, th- so like Wim Hof, for example, created a new fucking methodology. Like, that's just a story. About breathing. About breathing. Exactly. Like I've been, bre- I've been breathing for ages. I yeah. And he told he told me I was doing it wrong. He created a problem that I didn't know I had. But that's anyway. <laughs> from, from a <laughs> perspective, that's wild. And, but yeah. But unless you're doing something that, and you really are offering a new science or a new whatever, that then. Your, your only advantage is who your your authentic experience and your 
who you are as a person and a very specific value that you can bring to someone. Um, yeah. Because what, why would I not just work with Joe Wicks? If I'm Loads of reasons. Loads but of reasons. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Like it's, a, it's weird that it's, we're in an industry where the people that we're selling to already know that they want the thing that you have and yet people struggle to sell it. Yeah. You know, there's like, there's not a demand problem really. It's just a, a blockage in the way of, I'm not really sure about you, generally speaking. Like because, I'm not really sure well, where to go. Because there's too many people flapping their menu being like, Garlic bread. Garlic bread, pasta. Let's go. Too much of that. I, I like that. And that, that is a, it's just part of the fitness market is that it's unbelievably crowded compared to some more niche stuff, which is why you need the niche and why you need to tell your story yeah. in a way that isn't generic. You're just going to get lost in the sludge if you do it generically. If you can't speak to the people you're trying to serve in a way that makes them sit up and go, and it, and when I say the people who are trying to serve, like 30 out of 10 million. So not mm-hmm. like, not 10 million of the people you're trying to serve. It, again, it's really, that's where the real power of the online thing is. The, it's so many more people that you don't even understand how many more people it is. Like the brain can't comprehend yeah. of like, oh, that's so tiny. That's such a small amount. Well, the, the example I use to it with like audience sizes is if you think of a full sports stadium for most people that's like the biggest volume of people they can think of i wouldn't even turn a facebook ad on for an audience that small yeah you know like that it's there's literally no point so that like when you put that in context you're like right okay the internet and the market here is huge yeah and as you said beyond beyond comprehension but just to circle back to the the hypey tactics thing i think so we, we get asked, like, why is our marketing approach for propane business different to what we teach in propane business and different to what works in propane fitness? Yeah. And it's just because, and this is, I think, the thing, when people have worked with a coach and they've been taught to do, like, a, a webinar to a sales call to a, to a one-to-one coaching, like, that works to business owners yeah. because they understand intrinsically like, well, the presentation's valuable. I'm going to learn something about how to build my business. Yeah. The phone call, well, I can't, you know, I have to chat. To, like, this is a business here. There's a lot going on. It makes sense to speak to someone and discuss that with them. If I'm just like working my nine to five job and I, I kind of want to lose a bit of weight for summer and suddenly I've got to sit down and watch like a 60 minute video and then speak and then have a call with someone. Like, I, I just want, I just want a weight loss program. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. So the markets are also so different. And like everyone's had business owners more so now, but certainly in the fitness industry, everyone's familiar with like the bullshit, right? The weight loss powder that didn't work, the the supplement that promised me massive arms that never happened, the weight loss powder that like was going to be the thing that got me abs that never worked. Like people are so used to this cyclical disappointment, massive promise under delivery, massive promise under delivery that there's a natural skepticism. So when people see big claim followed by a sales call. They think I want no part of that. Yeah. Right. Which is why the 14 day challenge comparably is so like gentle and honest yeah. as, a, as a tactic. It's just like, look, let me just explain it to you. And if you're interested, great. If not, no problem. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, the, 
something I was just going to mention, which is completely unrelated, unless you've got anything else you want to say on this no, no. to wrap up. No. Um, was I once witnessed in a supermarket, a man go to a self-service checkout with a Snickers bar. And it was like, I don't know, like 60p or something. I can't remember the price, but he basically paid up to one penny short of the, of the price and then got the, like the checkout assistant over and said, like, I've got, I've got a penny, but I'm, I'm not planning to pay the penny. What are you, what are you going to do about that? I was like, you know, I partly think thinking like, what a dick. Like, <laughs> but the other half is like, I am interested to know what the lady's going to do. So she was like, well, that's stealing. I'm going to have to call the police. He's like, really though, you're going to call the police. And then when they arrive, you're going to say it's because of a penny. She was like, yeah, I'm going to have to. And this back and forth went on for ages. <laughs> that's, that's either like a guy doing a documentary or writing like a social experiment yeah, or just a prick. One of the, but like, it's an interesting, that like thinking about price is really arbitrary, isn't it? Cause yeah. he's one penny shy. He's basically paid for Snickers, but he's also not. That's a, probably another topic for another day. But I just wanted to say that before we, uh, before we wrapped up, because I thought about that and I was like, man, that was such a weird thing. Um, but yeah, so, go on, go ahead. No, I just, that's absolutely insane. Like what? Weird. Oh yeah, and that is something that I think that online does expose you to some weird people and you're just going to have to <laughs> that as part of the fun you might, you might attract. Um, yeah, yeah. It definitely does. If you try and pay 59p for a 60p Snickers. Well, the nice thing about online is you just, the price is the price. Yeah. Like you don't have to deal with any cash. And you just, so. just ignore them as well. Like they're not even there physically. That's another great point. Like, yeah. Right then. <laughs> well, you can't, you just can't pay, can you? Yeah. Someone can't come up to you with like a five pound note and say, I know it's 10 quid, but here's five. Exactly. Like, well, yeah. don't even know they're there. <laughs> Alex, this has been awesome. It's been great. One awesome introduction. Yes. To the world of the Propane Business Podcast. Um, normally I'd say at this point, if someone wants to find out more about you, where would they go? But Propane I think business. people know the answer. Propane <laughs> business. <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want like full access to Alex, the easiest thing to do is just join the Propane Business Program. Exactly. Yeah, it's not different from your story and how you present into the world and make it compelling so that you actually resonate with people as opposed to disappear in the sludge of people waving their menus and saying pasta and garlic. Just less <laughs> garlic bread. You don't, no one wants a garlic bread problem, do they? Although, actually, garlic bread marketing and fitness might work. <laughs> Just saying. You know, that's the thing. Steal from other industries. Don't, actually, that is actually a good thing. So the lessons you should be learning, um, don't steal them from the fitness industry because you will run into bias of trying to copy what successful fitness people are doing, which is you'll get lost in the fact that their story that they tell is probably very different to the one that you tell. If you can get different eyes on a different market, and how they're working in delivering online coaching, you might, you're not going to end up copying like, here's how you work on IT skills, but you might be able to see a bit clearer the kind of mechanics of the customer journey um, and what's appealing to them. Great point. Yeah, yeah. great point. I think like so look at other service-based businesses online, yeah. ones that are doing really, really well um, and how they're selling themselves and how they're coming across differently. And, like it's such an easy way to get an edge because so many personal trainers are copying. Like, I, I don't know how many James Smith lookalikes I've seen yeah. since he started. It's insane. Um, 
And like, exactly. there's no... that, strangely, that's the no bullshit. So the, the zag to the zig of everything will solve itself in four weeks, we're zagging more towards it has to be evidence. But it, it's fascinating. It's and just like, the way that everyone thinks they have to zag is by like doing a video in which it's the first time they've ever sworn on the internet and it's, you know, there has to be, you've got to be really deliberately polarizing for saying it. Let's do some that fucking sit-ups. <laughs> 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 Fuck off! Yeah. It's um, it, yeah, it's jarring. But so that's an example of like it worked for James because he was just himself. You just yeah. press record in a video. He just said what he was thinking, and a percentage of the market hate him, but enough yeah. love him that he's got a book deal and he's been on morning, whatever it was. Good morning. He wasn't on BBC Breakfast. Good morning, the morning. <laughs> Good morning, the morning. The morning yeah. show. Um, the morning show. Yeah, yeah, and also you don't need to write a book to be a full-time personal trainer online. You don't need to be James Smith to be full-time. You really only need a very, you know, I mean, we have a literal freedom calculator to help you work this out in terms of how many clients you need online to go full-time. And it's almost always fewer than you think, isn't it? It's almost always fewer than you think. And it's almost like, well, it's the whole, so this is, I mean, we can talk about this at a different time actually. So, but the 100k, the 100k fit pro idea the 100k club yeah fine we'll talk about that yeah we'll talk about that on another podcast so if you want to think of, you know my opinions on that um then i'll speak you have to wait exactly yeah we'll have to wait on the program and i'll tell you in there <laughs> what an open loop what exactly. to do you've only got two options seriously if you would like to join the profit business program you can even speak to alex if you prefer to yes um and we can talk about your niche, about your brand, about how you're telling a story. I'll look at your website yeah. if you want before we chat and take you through some of the kind of tips and tactics that I give you based on what you're putting out there. Yeah. So um, two ways to do that. One of them, send us an email. The way to get VIP Q jump, like you don't even need to go via the promoter. This is me giving you a virtual leaflet to get like two for one Sambucas at the bar is send us an email with the subject line propane business podcast will bump you to the front of the queue or just go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast. And there's a basically a free, basically everything we could possibly give away for free without fully revealing the secrets or the special secrets is in that training. Yeah. So you can go there or send us an email. Either is fine. And if you'd like to speak to Alex, just let us know. All right. And he'll try and squeeze you in. Oh, well, see you, Johnny. <laughs> see ya. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to so go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that if you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I more about us what we do follow us on the various channels the best place to go is our YouTube channel we have a load of stuff from fitness content productivity content 
why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode. Thank you.